what have we learned so far about the gospel? We learned that at its core, a child can understand it. That it's a simple message to declare. We learned that it is a reasonable message. It makes sense. It's logical. It's beautiful in its simplicity, yes, but um, there are no gaps, there are no loopholes. It's airtight. If we think about how we relate to God and, and it's truth. <laughs> and Paul uh, many times explained the gospel and he reasoned with them. We get to Peter. Now Peter is an interesting character. We, we know um, his endeavors with Jesus, right? Uh, he was a, a, an act first, think later kind of guy. And uh, in many regards, um, that's what makes him such a relatable person. You know, he stepped out onto the water of, of the storm um, where the, the others were too afraid, but then he realized what he actually did. And he started to sink. So there's some wonderful things about Peter that... Um, I think makes him a very special person uh, in, our, in our series of missionaries, people that go out and proclaim the gospel. But he was certainly not without his flaws, and the Bible records it um, for us in detail that um, he was so headstrong and ready to um, defend Jesus on his own terms, but then he denied him when the fear or the threat was overwhelming and Jesus seemed powerless, even though he wasn't. He asked Jesus for forgiveness in the exchange, do you love me? And Peter says, of course. And Jesus said three times. <laughs> so he did um, receive reconciliation for that sin. And, and after that, he, we see a different kind of Peter recorded after that. We, we see someone that is, is not headstrong so much, but more, more grounded, not cautious, but, um, but someone who is bold in the right areas. And he did amazing things. His first interaction after receiving the Spirit he preached a message and 5,000 people got saved. If something like that had to happen today, we would write books about the person and he would, you know, get his face on the newspapers and it would be a huge deal if somebody 
just preached and 5,000 people get saved. He would go on to be instrumental in establishing the Jerusalem church. And do miracles and preach more messages and more people get saved. It would be very easy um, in the wake of uh, Jesus himself uh, in, you know, bodily with us to, to replace that with someone like Peter, right? <clears throat> to begin looking up to Peter and hanging on Peter's words and, and, um, and not idolizing, but ultimately, yes. There would be a real danger of that. You know, maybe... Um, even today, we look at champions of the faith, uh, missionaries that have uh, achieved the impossible, missionaries that we, we still feel the impact of what they did hundreds of years ago. We feel today, we, we not feel, we uh, enjoy today. <laughs> or, uh, or contemporary people, people that we look up to, people that always seem to have the right answers and, um, and in particular times of our Christian walk, uh, this author just, he just had all the answers and, and his word sort of becomes law. There is a danger of that when we deal with the gospel. Like a doctor that saves someone's life on the operating table, we show gratitude for this person. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If it, you saved my life. But it's dangerous, I think, when it comes to the gospel. If it weren't for you, I would not have been saved. We must be careful when we walk that road. I want you all to share the gospel. And as you do, as you begin and as you continue to share the gospel, some people might be saved. And yes, it does fall on you then to help this baby Christian feed the word, invite them to church, disciple them. We must remember that the gospel in that everything that we do for the purpose of the gospel must bring glory to God. I 
I find it disturbing that today I read many gospel presentations very sincerely and there's some aspect missing. And that is the glory and the holiness and the amazing Creator God with which the story ultimately begins. Let's read Peter's gospel message in Acts chapter 3 from verse 11. After Peter had done a miracle, and he says, the Bible says he noticed the look in their eyes, the look of amazement. <gasps> whoa! How did you, what did you, whoa! He said he noticed that, and he immediately felt compelled to address it. Perhaps Jesus got looks like that all the time, but I don't think um, to the one that deserves the glory, <laughs> um, that's not a problem. But when Peter got it, he knew, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I need to say something about this. I need to present a gospel message that brings glory to God. So from verse 11, after he had healed this man, it says, As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the entrance of Solomon's porch, greatly amazed. When Peter saw it, he answered the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or piety we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus, whom you handed over and denied in the presence of Pilate. You denied the holy, righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the creator of life whom God has raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, by faith, in his name, has made this man strong. whom you see and know, faith which comes through him has given him, this man, perfect health. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, but what God foretold through all the prophets that his Christ should suffer, he has fulfilled. Therefore, Repent and be converted 
that your sins may be wiped away, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the one who previously was preached to you, Jesus Christ. From verse 24. Indeed, all the prophets since Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers. With Abraham, saying, and in your seed shall the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you in turning everyone from your iniquities. <clears throat> Dear Lord, I pray now as we look at this uh, gospel preached, that we may be inspired by it, that we may grow in boldness to share your word, and know, Lord, that we do it in your power and for your glory, that we gain nothing from it but the furtherance of your kingdom, which is worth all the riches of the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that's the exchange. It's lengthy. And he draws a little bit of uh, Israel's history in there. But um, right on the offset, he says, <clears throat> Why do you look at us as if in our own power uh, we made this man to walk? And in the same vein... Um, he preaches the gospel. Why do you think um, that in our own words uh, we say these things? God himself raised Christ from the dead. God himself spoke through his prophets of this day. God himself told Abraham of this blessing to come. It begins and ends with God. Solomon's porch was just a section of the um, outer temple. Um, it was just a, um, an, you know, sort of like a lapa <laughs> that ran around the 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 outer edge of the temple, and people gathered there, and they could speak, and, and that's where the early church actually met for a while. Um, but on this day, they went um, to the temple, John and Peter, and this, uh, this man approached them, and Peter said, gold and silver have I none, but what I have I'll give to you, and he raised him up 
and then he speaks about this and he says, it's his faith that made him to walk. What does that mean? Do we, do we, need, do we need faith? <laughs> uh, did Christ require faith of people to heal them? No, many unbelievers were healed. But the Bible tells us it is through faith that we receive salvation. Faith is the conduit, the vessel in which God is, is, uh, uh, offers salvation. It begins with the conviction of the Spirit. It begins uh, with God before the foundations of the earth. <coughs> and um, even the faith, it says, that is, uh, that is given through Him. But it does come down to a choice. Think about if you asked um, a mechanical engineer to paint you a beautiful abstract or painting or a, or a photorealistic painting with shadows and colors and things, um, and versus asking established artist, asking uh, Leonardo da Vinci to paint you a painting, even though he was also an engineer. Maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> who do, would you trust, who would you place your faith in doing a better job? The painter. So in that Paul, uh, Peter is saying that he believed that God is able. God is the only one who can uh, heal me, who can um, give strength back into my legs. This miracle is almost like an illustration of what Peter uh, uh, preaches about. Don't look, don't look at me. <laughs> look at God. God is the only one able, just as he's able to heal this man, God is the only one able to offer salvation. God is the only one able to... Um, to do what he did, that Christ died and was raised again on the cross. He glorified God. He, he, he says words, the, the creator of life, um, the hope. He, he says, um, the holy one, the righteous one. In his speech and in his address, he pointed all the arrows to glorify God. And then he gives the call, turn from your iniquities, repent. The thing with this encounter, um, and when we think about the encounters 
that uh, we have in our own lives. <clears throat> Looking at these uh, examples in the Bible, I want us to examine how we share the gospel and how we think about missions. Do we that we've considered the simplicity of the message, that we've considered the reasonableness of the message. There's an answer for everything. I don't have to be worried about um, a question that does not have an answer. And if we consider the fact that it begins and ends with God, what excuse do we have If you think to yourself, I am not doing anything in my own power as you approach someone, as the situation or the chance arises, this is, this is not me at work, this is the spirit at work. And as you think, this interaction I'm about to tell someone about Jesus Christ is glorifying God, would any of us be able to stand and say, I had the opportunity to bring glory to God and I chose not to? I'm not going to read chapter 4, but afterwards they were arrested and they were placed before um, the big shots, the Sanhedrin, uh, the Jewish high council, and they were reprimanded and they were threatened and they were, if you, you better not, you better stop preaching Christ or else. Many of us would say, okay, you know, that's a good enough reason. I'm... Um, they threatened my life. I, okay, for a while I'm going to lay low. Or um, maybe Peter said, that's fine, I'll just tell them what they want to hear and then we'll do it sneaky, sneaky. He preached to them as well and he gave them an earful full as well. And then right at the end, they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot help but declare what we have seen and heard. We cannot help but declare it. What are the things that we cannot help to do? I cannot help but eat two cupcakes instead of one. That Peter, without um, skipping a beat, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you, more than to God. In our case, maybe we have to say that to ourselves. 
our fear, our human nature, our own reason tells us, no, it's not the right time, or no, it's okay, or uh, whatever the hundreds of reasons we compel and bring ourselves not to share the gospel, maybe we should be having an internal conversation and say, well, God says this is, this is glorifying to him if I do this. Who am I going to listen to? My own stubborn heart or God? I love reading exchanges like that where people get saved because Bill Mayer literally did nothing. <laughs> he was on his back in the hospital and the Lord saved someone. That is glorifying to him. When we do great things in, in the name of God, like exploring um, Africa or um, uh, starting a, a mission in China that would see tens of millions of Christians in China <clears throat> today. I think there's more true believers in China than, than there is in South Africa just by the, the population ratio. Um, that, that we see these great men and we think, well, that's God-glorifying. If I can do that, then I'd be glorifying God. But God said, um, no, wait a minute. There's, there's, there's more to this. Actually, there's less to it. Just tell people about me. Thank you. Why did you bring me this bottle of water? Well, because Christ died for my sins, and he loves me, and, he, and I want to show that love to you, and that's why I'm bringing water to you. I think something like that will have such a big impact to someone that is lost in the world. You have no idea. So it's not about doing great things in his name. It's about his name. Let us pray. Dear Lord, <clears throat> as we come to you this morning, we thank you that you teach us the, the simple truth of the gospel. That Peter, yes, did great things in your name, missionaries and the people even today that do great things in your name. We are grateful for that. But Lord, I pray that you remind us to take five minutes 
and share with someone the gospel. Lord, you say in heaven that our reward will be the same. We underestimate the impact of that conversation, of that small act of kindness in your name, Lord. Help us to remember that it brings glory to you, and that is never insignificant. Lord, thank you that you love us and that you are with us. And that we can trust in you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Let us stand for our final hymn.